0: I was a rebel though. So I thought, okay, I will prove there's no such thing. Tell me how to prepare. I came and I had the session and
1: After that, things were different for you.
0: Yeah, totally like (laughs) upside down. My world was upside down. Yeah. Wow.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Calm Scholar podcast. I'm your host, Alexander Evangelista. On today's episode, I meet with Sarjeet. Now, Sarjeet is one of my absolute favorite people in the world to talk to and meditate with, as I'm sure is evidenced by this conversation. Sarjeet is a healer and a meditation guide. He's hosted in-person retreats in India, helping people overcome addictions, trauma, depression, and anxiety, but it wasn't always like that for him, and he shares in this episode the personal experience he had that taught him what this work could do. Sarjeet takes us through a few different pranayamas, breath works, as well as a chakra meditation near the end. I hope you enjoy and that this meditation brings you a moment of stillness today. If you'd like to learn more and schedule a session with Sargeet for yourself, you can check us out anytime at calmscholar.com. So... Welcome, Sarjeet, and thank you so much for being a part of the Calm Scholar podcast and for joining me today.
0: Yeah, welcome, and thank you for inviting me to this podcast. I'm looking forward to share, and I really love the concept of our this Calm Scholar. I think it's going to be amazing to share something with people.
1: Thank you. Yeah, just like you, I've been really looking forward to this conversation the past couple days. And... Ever since I first got to talk to you, I've been really impressed by one thing, your ability to stay centered and calm. I really admire that in you. And it's something that from the very first time that me and Ben talked to you, you know, we got off the phone with like Sarjeet, like, wow, that guy is so cool. (laughs) I mean, it just radiates from you, your heart for meditation and using meditation in a way that helps people. And so I'm so thankful that we've met you and so thankful that you can be here today.
0: Well, thank you to, to get back to me and connect so I could also get this opportunity to work with you. And to talk about uh, the calmness and the peace, uh, I wasn't this guy. I was very hyper, like hyperactive, like I had to do something. Really? Yeah, to sit quiet and this, it wasn't my thing. I was like... Mm. I couldn't sleep till late. I wanted to uh, like go out, be in the world and kind of hmm. feeling that, oh, I'm here in my room and the life is going out somewhere else. Like, Life is happening somewhere huh. out, not here. So, yeah, it, it's really interesting to see that uh, on the difference between my past self and the current hmm. Sarjeet. It's like there's a big difference.
1: What was this time in your life, you know, like you say, before you could sit still? What were you doing? Where were you living? What was life like for you?
0: You mean uh, before, like when I was very uh, hyperactive?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, what was going on in in your life then?
0: I had uh, like big dreams that mm. I was pursuing at any cost. Mm. So my whole energy was just driving towards those Hmm. ambitions to chase those dreams. So I was like a wanderer, but it was not balanced back then. It was too extreme. Hmm. Like you get to know something and you just like, without meditating, you jump into it. So I had to pay the price also for Hmm. uh, taking those actions an action it has reaction so Mm -hmm. with those reactions i got to learn that okay like step by step through hard situations through discomforts so time and life itself it's like a big uh, guru big uh, Mm -hmm. lesson for us if we if we we are open to perceive life can give everything
1: (laughs) yes Sometimes there's no stopping those lessons. The lessons are the guru's going to teach us something no matter what, whether we're paying attention or not, you know?
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it's interesting to hear you talk about ambition and how you were living a life you know, driving forward and being so focused on achievement and goals. The reason I say that's interesting is because I don't see that in you now. I, like I said, I see such a calm, grounded person. But this idea of ambition and sort of blindly chasing the next thing, it's really refreshing to be able to offer a antidote to that.
0: Yeah, it's like uh, uh, there is something that you are not satisfied with and you are always chasing it. But mm-hmm. uh, it's up to you what price you choose to pay for your dream, hmm. how much energy and time you want to give to that.
1: Do you see many people come to you that are in a similar state that you were once in this state of frantic, just wanting the next thing?
0: Oh yeah. It's, uh, all the time. Like even here, uh, in Himachal, I'm meeting lots of people every day. So somehow I see those reflections. And it's not because I have uh, got the perfection. It's because I still have something that I can meditate more and keep working on it. It's not like you have done the job, you have now like this calm state and you don't have to do anything now. You you have to uh, be going with the flow and learn how to adjust and balance with the life state. So these people uh, who I see as my past reflections, at some point they are teaching me, okay, like, oh, that how I was. So Mm. then I meditate on it and I get better things out of it. Let's say if I was like too much wanderer, but now I can see, maybe I can use this energy for something good something to learn something to carve my essence Hmm. so it can uh, just keep going.
1: it's really interesting what you said about this idea of seeing in people a past reflection of yourself it's a very compassionate way to look at the world to be able to see the suffering in someone and understand that you know we were once ourselves operating from a place of unconsciousness or suffering ourselves and when we understand that that's where people are in, it opens our hearts to them and we're able to see them with compassion.
0: Yeah, the compassion, it it doesn't come just like, okay, let's have Mm. compassion. It's Mm -hmm. not. Compassion is something like the core. When the other layers of the mind, when they get away, then the compassion takes place. And that comes in terms of Uh, understanding yourself, Hmm. accepting yourself. And even if you are not uh, good enough, you just say, okay, at least look within me. I have to look within myself that if I'm not good enough, I accept that, then I can work on myself. I scan through my system and see, okay, these things I need to adapt I need to accept and channelize into my energy Mm. so I can open the uh, other doors to live life to experience not just living in the mind and always talking chit-chatting and Mm. just answering myself all the time and questioning myself all the time just to to live for a while at least
1: But what a condition that we all can relate to. It's like the mind is is on a loop of its own trying to solve problems. Even if something isn't actually a problem, the mind is just in problem-solving mode all the time.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. It's the habitual because our mind is the creature of the habits. The habits we have picked up from the childhood when we were not so conscious, We were just, whatever was coming on our way, we were just jumping into it. And we, the things we liked, we only kept doing those things, those actions. So what mind does is mind, mind multiplies everything. So it was keep multiplying those experiences and only want those experiences, kind of resisting the other experiences. That's why uh, sometimes we can see when something new coming, something new happening, it's hard to accept even though it's good. Mm-hmm. It's hard to accept because mind doesn't want to accept easily. It is hooked with those past habits. Mm-hmm. So uh, my master, he uh, he says, attachment causes detachment. Hmm. Means if we attach to something new habits something positive habits that way we can detach the old habits one at a time
1: that's interesting because i i took that saying attach attachment causes detachment i took that yeah. saying in an entirely different way at first but <laughs> i understood it to mean that if you go through life with attachments Um, Mm -hmm. I know in Buddhist philosophy, attachment is one of the root causes of suffering. And so I I initially took what you said to mean, if you go through life and attach yourself to things, attach yourself to your identity of who you are or what this job means or this relationship, and you lose sight of your true nature, then those attachments cause you to become detached from life, unable to touch and, and experience
0: life. Yeah. See, the, when we talk about Buddha, when we listen to something or hear something, it's coming from the people after Buddha or his followers or their followers. It's like a long hierarchy. Mm-hmm. So what he said, it's going to come to you in terms of yourself, like how you take it. The people who just say that having attachment is a bad thing. So it's because they believe in such a way. That's why mm-hmm. it works that way with to them. Because without attachment is not possible to make any move. You cannot mm-hmm. uh, be there and having no actions. Even though you are doing nothing, you are still doing nothing. <laughs> you are doing something, that means. Mm-hmm. So when... In my understanding, like Buddha's uh, saying that uh, uh, attachment is the root of uh, the evil or any other thing. I understand it that way that he meant the bad attachment, negative attachments. Because he also had to attach to something in order to get detached from everything else. If he hadn't attached to that, I want to find God. I want to experience that. He wouldn't be able to leave the royal uh, uh, life, the palace, a, a really good life. He left the luxurious life in order to perceive something that he he was really got attached to, like in serious terms.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So when the when new mystics come. Uh, we may call them guru a teacher master then they try to give a light on those things and make sense in today's understanding today's language so it can make sense because it's hard to get meaning out of something as written thousands of years ago because it can be uh, manipulated mm-hmm. you know mistransferred or m- like misunderstanding, some kind of mis- misunderstanding there. Even if, I, if I'm if i talking with you, you cannot perceive me 100%. Even though we are talking like one-on-one, we're still not able to perceive all. Mm-hmm. We can only perceive uh, like 20, 30, 40% of what we are saying. Rest, mind try to make some sense out of it. Then we respond to it. Right. So you can imagine like uh, for those many years, there have been like, it's not what he said. It cannot be justified that it is what he really said. It only come into the understanding when person is at that level is, or her consciousness is uh, uh, present like that uh, high. Someone is more aware so he can perceive better.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Well, right before we started recording this, I said, hey, let's just go ahead and start recording right away because we're already getting into some really good stuff. Mm -hmm. Your mention of consciousness brought me back to what you were telling me just before we started recording, which was the study of pranayama. Could you tell me a little bit about discovering breath work and where you were, how it happened, and how you came across this?
0: Yeah, like I was telling, since childhood I got to know about pranayamas, meditation because my parents they have been doing uh, their uh, meditation from their master. They were initiated before my birth. So I used to see them they wake up 3am or 4am and sit in their meditation. So it was a kind of very interesting to see and also other people in village and around because I born in a village in India. So pranayama uh, the terms come from the Sanskrit made of two words, prana plus ayama. Prana means the vital energy and ayama, ayama means to drive it, like to extend to move yeah yes to extend and to control the breath so different Panayamas give you different extension of the breath so that way you can uh, work on the energy centers because there are about 172000 energy centers in our body wow so from them uh, many people work on the seven uh, primary energy centers we call them chakras these energy centers called chakras so the root chakra sacral chakra solar plexus anahata the heart chakra Mm -hmm. throat chakra third eye chakra and the crown chakra so people find uh, breath as a great tool to work on these chakras and uh, drive the energy better and unblock wherever the energy is stuck. And because it cannot let the emotions release in natural form. So the emotions are stuck deep into our system and we feel kind of disconnected from the experience that is avail- like already available to us. I will not say like it's a must to work on the chakras but I will say uh, in a scientific term that if you work on the energy centers which really exist in our body and we can uh, work on it through breath, through different exercises and some mindfulness, that also helps. So there are different exercises for the chakras, let's say some Indian traditional uh, chakra meditations people do. And nowadays they are different. So I uh, I respect both the old and the new. Hmm. We have to find the right balance because uh, uh, in today's uh, time it's hard to understand the Sanskrit and the, the old tradition. So it has come up in some way so we can understand it better and then yeah, move along.
1: It's interesting because now anybody can go to YouTube and search for um chakra meditation or you know, how to balance my root chakra or something like that. Yes. And that's amazing. But what I think people maybe miss out on is the understanding of the full picture.
0: I mean, uh, anyone can find online on YouTube or Google some different websites and get some tools to work on the chakras. But it's still better to uh, work uh, under someone like specialist or someone who's coming from the experience. Mm -hmm. Because then you can be guided because uh, in the beginning, when we get something like new and just jump into it, it's again like there's a risk. Even there's a risk with the specialist also. But (laughs) at least a specialist can develop the hope while you are working on it. He can give you some kind of hope and build trust within us so we can trust ourselves and surrender ourselves to the mm-hmm. what we are learning, what we are pursuing, what we are seeking.
1: You know, Sarjee, when we did an example meditation with you, we brought one of our friends on and you were able to guide him in a meditation and he was sharing that he had a lot of energy stuck kind of in his root. And what I really enjoyed about being present for that meditation and participating in it was How you sensed that, you know, he needed expression, you know, shake your shoulders, you know, shout, move the energy, vocalize and start it like this. When the meditation was finished, you said, go out into the world and try to just be a little bit more present today and do something for others. The root chakra, this energy is connected to service and giving. So go a little bit extra to like do something for someone else today. And
0: yeah, I, I remember. <laughs> I remember.
1: I think it's really amazing how you have an understanding of how our different energy centers are related to these things. Like what when does service for others need to come into play and be more balanced with, you know, us serving ourselves and being able to take care of our own comfort and safety in that moment. So these are the things that I've really benefited from from getting to know you and meditating with you a few times.
0: Yeah, every person is uh, different, still. uh, In some ways, we are uh, same. We are different, still same. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we have to uh, look between both. So when I'm working with someone and I ask them to move their hands or head or is to make them relax physically. Like when you are shaking your hands and you are making any kind of noise or whatever, like shouting. Mm-hmm. So it gives body to like like it space out your mind from the body.
1: Mm-hmm
0: because our mind is everywhere. We are thinking all kinds of uh, events, plans in our head. So, and mind doesn't want to come here and feel this calmness or peaceful feeling. It doesn't want that. It wants to enjoy that, oh, what's gonna happen? I wanna like do this, say this, or like just chit-chatting in my head. Mind? Yeah. mind loves it. It's the food of the mind. <laughs> so, the, This energy that we are receiving from the universe, the vital energy through breath, through food, through thoughts. So there are five sources of this uh, vital energy, the prana. We get it through breath. We get it through water fire, food, ideas and thoughts. This is what gives us energy. Hmm. And mind is eating 80% of the energy. You can imagine. Even though when we are sleeping, still 20 to 30% energy going to sustain the subconscious mind. Hmm. So when we try to meditate or exercise, move our body here and there consciously it's like being channelized so when mind is being channelized with the body and the heart then there is that a real essence many people call it source soul mm. within us so something comes from there that allows us to experience peace the calmness Compassion, the love. Mm-hmm. And those vulnerable emotions. It can be joyful, it can be painful. Mm-hmm. But through that, we kind of like feel that, okay, it's not just the mind. There is something other than the mind that is happening within us. And then it gives us, it awakes the curiosity within us then we get curious oh what's like it's something beyond what my mind can think of something is like being downloaded into Mm -hmm. my consciousness so when i'm working with someone and after some physical exercise then through breath work This space allows that person to to surrender to the moment and to visualize what is happening within you or whatever I'm guiding him or her. And they come to that understanding that I am not capable of doing everything. Once you understand and accept that you cannot do everything. Mm. You can do something but you can give your best to those some things. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Even if you are doing just one thing but give your best. Like do your best Mm. and don't hold on to the results like it must happen the way I want. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. do it and then you simply surrender. Simply Mm -hmm. Uh, try to accept that now creator or the source will take care of it i have given Mm -hmm. my best and whatever happens i will accept it
1: Mm -hmm.
0: i will not let my crazy warrior to become a rebel and drive me crazy why it can't happen i gave my best why it can't happen no it's not up to you you cannot like do everything, you can do only something and accept that you have done enough, you have done a great job. If you really have done, you know it. Mm-hmm. If you, you are not accepting, that means you haven't given your best yet.
1: Hmm.
0: Complaining will not give you the answers, but to meditate on it, or by working on it, and then accepting.
1: You talk a lot about acceptance, I know that you've worked with people to overcome addictions and depression. And so could you tell me a little bit about the transformation that you see in people? You know, when is the moment where they finally do feel peace? And what is it that leads them there?
0: The transformation part, it again comes from within. The people I met before the healing session and how they feel after the session there is a difference and this difference we may call transformation but when it happened it's not that that person has changed it's really like a a nice word you just said transformation instead of changing I, I really love this word transformation Mm -hmm. means that person is not has completely changed, this person is still connected to the roots but he has uh, grew to some extent so he invited something new within him or her in order life to grow in order life to keep going keep flowing because it's the flow it's like a flow of the river the way river flows same the life we cannot hold on to one branch and just hanging in there it's not what life is for life is it takes you with the flow hitting the stones branches thorns plains nice like sunshine like everything comes but it's up to us Again, how we balance with all this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If we just cry all the time. So when uh, someone is coming for healing, actually he's looking for some answers or some stuff that is under the carpet that he's not aware of, or she's not aware of. But she kind of sometimes feel through situations, through the real circumstances that okay there's something big under the carpet that I'm not aware of and if I open it I don't know what's going to happen so Mm -hmm. the person is scared of seeing that to facing that so then they find someone they can trust they can see that person is enough to work on me or help me as a good friend and Then with the acceptance, they have to accept that, okay, I'm letting myself uh, surrendering to this person and the way he guides, the way he tells me, the way he holds me, Mm -hmm. I I will let myself be in the terms of what he wants me to do. And along with, I will also be mindful. So, it's all like happening before going into the session. The person is thinking all this in the mind. Mm-hmm. Like he scans, he tried to scan the, the guide, that is, is this guide is trustable, is this guide is like good. So it's good for the mind to think of these things. And then once he receives, and then it's working for someone, then the person he surrenders to the moment. Now, once you surrender, then the acceptance takes part. You, you accept, okay, hmm. this is the things I've been hiding. I have been not wanting to face. So now I understand accepting is the way to move forward. Wow.
1: You told me something once, Sarji, on one of our conversations where you said, I need to be at the same level as the person I'm guiding so I can either try to bring them up to me or I can go to where they are and meet them there and we can go forward together. Yes. I thought about that a lot since you said it.
0: Yes, it's like uh, you are a healer, guide or doctor. so you should be sensitive to the patient but you should not be too much sensitive so you become part of the problem. It's like somebody's got a, like huge uh, cut or like a big wound in his or her hand and then you are supposed to work on it and then you see it and you say, oh my God, like what happened to you? And you like just go with that person and you just, trying to be like very good friend and again you are just being a victim along with the patient. So you have now become part of the problem because you are scared of seeing the wound and you cannot work on it. So how, how are you helping the person? So what I meant is that to work on someone, to heal someone, you have to understand the patient better. Connect with it, I mean, connect with the patient Mm -hmm. and then work on it. Be enough sensitive so you can understand the problem, but not too sensitive. Mm. Just to avoid yourself being a part of the problem, you are here for Mm -hmm. the solution. That's what I meant. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I understand that more clearly now. I'm curious, Sarji, what are some experiences that you've had in this field, being a meditation guide and a healer, some experiences or moments that have really stood out to you and been something that you remembered?
0: To be honest with you, I never thought that I could be a coach or <laughs> meditator or <laughs> someone. I was totally opposite. And I had a huge uh, resistance from, from guides and coaches. I, I used to think they are the con artists. <laughs> 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 it's really funny. That's how that I, is so I started funny. my journey. That's what I had in my mind. <laughs> so one of my friends, she was uh, doing a healing session and she invited me to, to just uh, film her, her session. And then I filmed it and I saw something really like crazy, something different than I then I knew. And I asked her, like, what was it? She said, it's a healing work. The person um, who is in the circle connecting uh, herself deeper. And I laughed. I said, yeah, she <laughs> sure he yeah, said, "Yeah, right." Yeah, right. She said, but but, "But, but, what did you say?" I said, "There is no such thing." <laughs> the meditation wow. passed down in my family. I know all about meditation and yoga and all this. Like, it's just a crap. It doesn't give you like. It hasn't given me like something. How like huh. give you. wow? And she, she said, "What do you mean? Like, what? What are you talking?" I said, "You, you seem." To be a con artist, like, it's not real. And we had a big argument. I mean, serious. Yeah, I'm
1: sure you did.
0: <laughs> yeah. But I was a rebel, though. So I thought, okay, I will prove there's no such thing. I will join the session, tell me how to prepare. So wow. So to prepare, and I did it. I came. I showed up in the circle, and I had the session, and... Yeah. So, yeah. Man, I had to accept because I experienced something. Hmm. I couldn't, it's hard for me to accept something I don't experience. Without Mm -hmm. experience, it's hard to believe. Hmm. It's just an idea.
1: After that, things were different for you.
0: Yeah. Totally like (laughs) upside down. My world was upside down. Yeah. Wow. Took me. many months and years to, to gain some balance.
1: What was your experience like when you went home that night? Or or like the next week, were you still thinking about this experience you had, still feeling it?
0: Yeah, it was like it, I didn't get sleep for two nights and I wow. was just dying to sleep and I couldn't. The moment I I closed my eyes, it was like boom, it's there. And I was scared also like This world is Mm. something new. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. So I was afraid also. But then I had more meditation sessions. I made a solid practice to sit two, three times every day for uh, one hour each time. I used to spend uh, one to one and a half hours in the morning and in the evening. And it, it helped a lot. But again, uh, I was still trying to find more answers. So, during all the past uh, three to four years, it helped me to seek those answers. And answers, uh, <laughs> they're gonna like, keep coming, keep coming. Sometimes we have questions, Maybe the answer is not there, and sometimes the answer is there, but we, we forget what was the question, and that's how it happens. Mm. But to gain a good balance, we have to understand that uh, the question we have, the answer is there within us. Mm. Mm-hmm. Only it's going to take, take this, that it might take some time, maybe long time, but it matters if we have patience to seek the answer mm. or we leave the question and like have another question before seeking the answer mm-hmm.
1: sometimes I think we don't even want to know the answer even yeah. even if we know we know it deep down we don't yeah, want to we look at it. so serious.
0: it's just the uh, upper layers of the mind the subconscious just like throws it like autoplay <laughs> yeah
1: Yeah. And it can also be something that people actively avoid. Like I know I myself at certain times in life have avoided looking for the answer because I was scared of what I might find.
0: Yeah. Meditation itself is what is the very big question we go with that what life is, the death, what is death? Is the death of the unconsciousness. Mm. That is what death is for me. Hmm. Body dies, mind dies. It's 3D. But the consciousness is beyond.
1: Death of the unconsciousness. Wow. That's a really interesting way to put it. I think in this time in society and in this world, I certainly hope for an ending to the unconsciousness that's going around.
0: Yeah, we, we should have a purpose to uh, pursue uh, life. We, uh, if someone has a purpose, someone has a, a goal in their life, they, they know how to put the energy to pursue that goal. But it matters how vast your goal is. If your goal is to make money, obviously you will be okay to do any kind of thing to gain money, to earn money. If your purpose of life is to earn money with honesty, integrity, then you will uh, use your actions more consciously that if I'm not harming someone, if I'm not cheating someone or like not doing the bad thing. Before doing the bad thing, we know deep down that, okay, it is bad that I'm doing. So we accept ourselves already that, okay, I'm okay with the bad thing right now. Maybe later when some um, more layers, they open, then we understand, whoa what I decided before, I accepted before, it's it's not good and it's going to, like I'm going to pay back in any way. So purpose gives you the path and uh, experiments how you put your energy and time to lead.
1: I'm writing that down. Purpose gives you the path. Yeah, well said. Sarji, I'm wondering if before we conclude, I was hoping we could do a few things together and you let me know if it sounds good. Okay. But I would love to have you share maybe two or three different pranayamas that you find helpful or you would recommend to somebody who is just starting with breath work, something that they could listen to you guide right now and then go forward and practice on their own. So do you have a few things that you'd like to share and we could learn right now?
0: Yeah, sure. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) We can do uh, Nadi Shodhana. I hope you know it. If you if you are doing pranayamas,
1: <laughs> I don't know it by name. No, oh, I, and yeah. when I said, "Hey, give it as if it's a total beginner," I'm talking about people listening, but I'm also talking about me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, cool. So maybe let's start with uh, Kumbhaka. kumbaka. That is uh, full breath retention. Okay. sit relaxed comfortably, relax your shoulders, take a few breaths in and out, inhale and exhale and now let's start. So inhale for count of 5. 2, three, four, five, and hold for 5. 2, three, four, five, and slowly exhale. Count of 7. 2, three, four, five, six, seven. Hold for 2. 2 Now inhale again count of five, two, three, four, 5 hold Two, three, four, five. release Two, three, four, five, six, seven. relax there is another nadi shodhana which is alternate uh, nostril breathing breathing from your right nostril holding and releasing through the other nostril so take a normal deep breath inhale and release Now bring your hand where you place your middle and index finger on your forehead and using your thumb and your ring finger to close your nostrils one after the other. So now close your left nostril with your ring finger Close your left nostril and inhale through the right nostril for count of four, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four. Now close your right nostril with your thumb and release the left nostril for exhalation. Two, three, four. Now hold for count of two, two. Now inhale with the same nostril. Keep inhaling through your left nostril. Two, three, four, hold. Two, three, four, close your left nostril and release through right nostril. Two, three, four, hold. Two, and relax. You can do it uh, five to 10 minutes. It helps to reduce anxiety and stress.
1: Thank you for walking me through that, sarji I really <laughs> appreciate it. I really appreciate you.
0: Thank you for doing that. <laughs> Thank you for being interested. <laughs> I, I am.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> the other thing I was going to suggest for us to do is a nice 10 minute or so meditation. Is that something that you think we could do?
0: Yeah, yeah, we can.
1: Awesome. And then if you want, I don't know if it's enough time, but it would be really cool to incorporate the chakras as well.
0: Maybe I can um, bring uh, chakra and meditation together in this.
1: Yeah, that would be amazing. And feel free to go a little little longer if need be so that you're not rushing. But I'm excited to go through this with you. And I'm excited for our listeners and the people who are going to get a chance to do this after the fact as well.
0: Okay. We shake your hands. Drop everything. All the chat. All the queries. detach from that and relax as to what is happening now so what is happening now is that we are preparing to experience meditation so we humbly ask this space our energy the source to allow safety and love that we have within With eyes closed, visualize yourself sitting in your room. Try to visualize that you are going out of your body and you are looking at yourself sitting there. Look at your hands. your legs your face look at whole of yourself your body whole body Nothing to do, nothing to worry of. Simply noticing what is happening. Notice the war that is going in our mind. This war taking a big toll on our energy. This is the war between the child and the adult. The war between the rebel and the meditator. The war between the victim and the healer. The war between ruler and the explorer. So much happening there. But where do I stand among these voices that is going? Sometimes it's the victim, sometimes it's the seeker, sometimes it's the ruler, sometimes it's the judge. Sometimes it's the warrior, sometimes it's the friend. Who am I? Question is, who am I? What is my real voice? How do I identify myself, my core? You are simply noticing and observing these voices inside your head. And looking at being meditator. You are the meditator. Trying to just observing without any judgment. These voices are inborn archetypes that exist among all human beings. Every human being listens to these voices throughout life. So it's not fair to count only one or two archetypes or to just say like it's the ego. We have to come into terms to understand all the archetypes within us. It can be dormant or active, but it influences our behavior, our personality. So for this moment, let's try to go deep down. deeper than these voices the deeper layer feel your heart try to communicate with your heart Let's supply this vital energy to your heart. And feel heart is multiplying this vital energy to rise your awareness. Now go even deeper Look at to align your energy centers. Let's move down to the root chakra. This energy centers exists. the base of your spine, the tailbone. So take a deep breath in, feel the energy. It's the red, visualize red color into your roots. Now, consciously move upward into your genitals, your sacral chakra. That's where creativity comes from. When this energy center is aligned, well balanced, you experience Creative ideas. You create something. Consciously. Take a deep breath in. Try to visualize orange color to your sacral chakra. Now move upward to your solar plexus, two inches below your navel point. Connect with your gut feeling. Take a deep breath, visualize yellow color. Now move upward into the center of your chest, your heart chakra. Deep breath, visualize green color to your heart chakra. Feel the expansion the energy into your heart the emotion of love the compassion trust and passion that lies here Now move a into your throat chakra. Nice space of the inspiration. Truth. Nice and visualize blue color. Now move upward into your center of your head behind your forehead. It's also known as third eye chakra. Its color is indigo. Space of intelligence, self-knowledge, intuition. Now move upward, top of your head, seventh chakra called crown chakra. This space of awareness, consciousness, wisdom. Feel the flow of wisdom with each breath. Feel the expansion when you exhale. Feel the expansion of this violet color, element. Now, take deep breath from bottom to the top. Light up all your chakras. Now breathe in, count of for, inhale, root chakra, sacral chakra, solar plexus, heart chakra. Now exhale, light up your throat chakra, third eye chakra and the Crown Chakra. Ah. Visualize each breath, inviting more vital energy into your system. And each exhale, the expansion of this energy to your body. Each inhale, inviting more energy. Each exhale, expanding this energy further. And now bring your hand together and rub against each other. Palms. Now place it. On your face. Take a deep breath in. Feel the warmth of your hands. And release. Once more. Place your hands on your heart. Feel the warmth. What is the difference? (sighs) Once more. Of your hands against each other and place to your belly. Notice the difference, the calm feeling. Uniting, making it a combination of calms, color. (laughs) Thank you. Open your eyes. Remembering yourself here, in this room, thinking this space, this time, the medium, the technology we have to avail this experience. Thank you, Creator. hope you had a good time <laughs> thank you oh, thank you wow. hope you had a good time
1: <laughs> wow yeah i'm taking my time just coming back floating back to the ground on a cloud
0: yeah <laughs> please drink some water
1: Today is the first day I really feel like a calm scholar. Like, like <laughs> I learned so much from this conversation with you. <laughs> I learned about pranayamas, I learned Sanskrit words today. I had the most amazing opportunity to balance my chakras right there with you in real time. And thank you for that gift, Sarjeet, the gift of your presence and your energy and your kindness and your warmth. And I am always so honored to be able to spend any time with you, especially time and meditation and growing presence together. So I've been so honored to share this time with you. Thank you so much, sarji from the bottom of my heart.
0: And same goes to you. Thank you. I learned as much as you learned from me. <laughs> so thank you.
1: Yeah, This was a really great way to start my day. And I know that you're getting ready to end your day pretty soon. What time is it? You're in the Himalayas right now, right?
0: Yeah.
1: What time is it there for you?
0: It's 11.37. Uh,
1: oh, my goodness. Well, I better let you get to sleep.
0: <laughs> it's... Uh... Yeah. It was really nice to have this podcast.
1: <laughs> it was really nice on this podcast, Sargeet. Thank yeah. you so much. And... I really, really appreciate your time. And that's it to conclude our very oh, second Comb Scholar podcast <laughs> you've ever done. And I couldn't think of anyone better to do it with today.
0: It's my pleasure. Thank you.
1: Thank you. And Sarge. have
0: an amazing day.
1: Thank you so much. You too.
0: Stay with yourself.
1: <laughs> I will. I will. And you get some rest, my friend. I'll talk to you yeah, soon. Yeah, yeah.
0: Thank you. Okay. Bye.
1: bye.